Tell us the latest update, Tito. So as some of you know, I've been dealing with cancer for the last four and a half years. And uh, from January through like two weeks ago, it has been really rough. My chemo hasn't been working and the cancer was making advances, but uh, went to the doctor last weekend and they are reporting that the new chemo is starting to work and uh, I'm feeling much better and Praise finally God. able to come and be with you. Hallelujah. Well, we will praise God for that. Would you guys just extend your hands? We want to say yes and amen. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in Tito's body. We praise you, Father, for modern medicine. Lord, we know that you are the great physician. We say, Lord, just let's be a duo here, Lord. But we pray for life and life abundantly in the name of Jesus Christ over Tito. We command you, cancer, to depart. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. We declare you've been defeated at the cross. And we say, get away from this man in Jesus' name. We call for life and life abundantly over Tito. And we praise you, God, for the joy of getting to be a family with this man. Amen. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Yay, God. Well, you guys, have you met Brian Crow? Well, now you get to. This is Brian Crow. And if there's one thing he loves, he was just telling me, it's to be up. No, wait. It's the opposite of that. Oh, okay. So he is just demonstrating being faithful in season and out of season. And so he's going to pray over me as I get ready to preach. And depending on how well it goes is how well he prayed. <laughs> so have at it. Oh, thank you, Father. Lord, we just want to thank you for this meal, Father. We thank you for preparing this place, God. Uh, we, we thank you, Lord, that we've got a spirit in this building today, God, that is going to allow us to receive this meal, Father. So I ask you to fill this man. Let us hear his words, Father God, and let us take them to heart and let us focus on them throughout the week, Father. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Hallelujah. Well, you guys, we have been spending time and we have been in the theme of Christ in us. And, uh, and I want to expound on that a little, a little uh, further today. And, um, but I, but I want to do a, I want to check in with you. As you know, um, our beautiful Lord and Savior Jesus Christ directed us this spring to do something a little different. And rather than doing our normal spring home group approach, we are opening our homes as a tribe, hearing from Christ and inviting people into our homes. So let me ask you, how many this week invited somebody into their home? Oh, yeah, look around, guys. Come on. Wait, get your hands back up, you beautiful saints. Yes. Let's just applaud that amazing <laughs> response. I won't ask you if you had fun. We don't want to push it. I'm just kidding. It was awesome, huh? Isn't it good? It's so fun to co-labor with what Jesus is doing, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. And, uh, and for those of you, if you're here um, what we've been talking about is, is, uh, is actually Acts 2, as, as uh, Steve mentioned. We preached on that recently. But the Lord, the Lord uh, he, he highlighted that scripture to me as he was speaking, and then he confirmed it. Actually, it was very cool. I ran into my sister Jessica like two days later, and she goes, you know, I've just been having this scripture going through my mind, and it was Acts 2. Same thing, that they gathered together daily in the temple, and then they broke bread from home to home with simplicity and gratitude of heart, and the Lord added daily to their numbers. It's such a beautiful picture of who we are called to be as the people of God. We're inviting people to the table of Christ, and when we bring people in and we eat food with them, it's, I, I love that God 
makes this so easy. When you bring someone to your table and you sit down and you eat food, you are actually demonstrating who Christ is and what he has done for us. It is a form of communion. That is, if you've invited Christ to that table. I've had people over for lunch, and I will admit that I may not have demonstrated Christ as well. That's the minority of the time. But when we invite Christ to the table, there are magnificent things that happen as we're bringing people in to break bread with God. Their eyes begin to open. Their hearts begin to burn. And eventually what happens is they say, was our heart not burning within us? It was Christ that was with us all along. You guys know what I'm talking about. So we're continuing to do that. So I just want to encourage you, be, be seeking the Lord. Lord, who would you have me? Who would you have me reach out to this week? Lord, who are you seeing that you want me to see and identify and invite to the table, whether it's at Arby's or whether it's in our, in our home? I, I do want to say that I realize that, that um, I, I don't like to do a lot of disclaimers because I feel like sometimes when you do disclaimers, pretty soon the list is so long, everybody's like, I'm pretty sure within those disclaimers I don't really need to respond in any way. Uh, so I, I like to be careful about disclaimers because I don't want to give us excuses to not step into what we're doing as a family and into what God's directing us to do. But I do want to say this. You know, some of us are in a situation where, you know, maybe, where maybe we can't actually have someone in our home for whatever reason. And, and so if that's the case, uh, we'll pray, one, that somebody will invite you over. But also, you know, take them to a restaurant or something or go meet, you know, make a picnic and go meet in the park or something. Be creative. Go hiking. But but respond to saying, Jesus, who do you want me to connect with? Who do you want me to do the second commandment with? Are you guys with me? All right. Thank you, Lord. Well, let me, uh, let me start with this scripture. And um, this is uh, Colossians 1, 26 through 29. And I'm sharing with you out of the message today. So uh, a little bit of a departure for me, but I'm just going straight message today, um, which is a wonderful paraphrase of the scriptures. So this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery in a nutshell is just this. Christ is in you, so therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. Christ is in you. That's the mystery. That's what we've been looking forward to from the very beginning. That was the part where the devil came to Adam and Eve and said, is God, did he really say you couldn't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? That the mystery was like, Adam and Eve were like, oh, we thought we understood, but maybe we don't. And they got way off track. And of course, you know, fast forward to today. There's a lot of mystery. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? What's it all about? Well, I'll tell you. What it's all about is that God actually wants to be with you and in you. Christ in us, this is the mystery solved. He actually wants to be present with us. He chooses us, and he gives us the opportunity to choose him back. This is the mystery. And it was kept hidden, but it's not hidden anymore. You actually have Christ in you. You and I actually have Christ in us. And everything that we're doing, that is why we're doing it. Why did Christ die for us? Because he wanted to be in us. Because he chose us and he wanted us to choose him back. Why did the Father send Christ? Because he wanted Christ 
to be in us the hope of glory that we could share with him in his sufferings now and share with him in his glory now and forever. Amen? And so, so why, why do we do the things that, why are we here right now? Why are we here on a perfectly good Sunday morning when we could be out in the sunshine doing some whatever, fishing, probably an obligatory breakfast for mom, but then fishing? Why are we here? Why? Because Christ is in us the hope of glory, and there's something about him that we've chosen him, and he's chosen us, and we're compelled to come together and to be doing what he's doing. Amen? That's why. That's why we do what we do, because Christ is actually in us, and when I see you, I go, oh, you're so beautiful. I mean, you're beautiful on your own, but you're so beautiful because Christ is in you. There's something special. Are you my sister? You are my sister. I could tell because you look like Jesus. You have Christ in you, don't you? I got Christ in me. Are you guys, are you guys, are you tracking? I know this is complicated. You want me to start back over? <laughs> Christ is in us. Amen? Now he continues, and I want to I expound a little further. Uh, so this is, um, yeah, here we go. We preach Christ, I love this. We preach Christ warning people not to add to the message. That's a say law right there, isn't it? We have like 10 commandments, and then, Doug, how many, how many commandments did, the, did, they, did they add to the 10 commandments to get us to be able to obey them? Was it like 600, I think? It was like 600. I just assumed you stood up because you wanted to answer a question. <laughs> it's, it's so, you know what it's, you guys have heard that saying, right? It doesn't take wisdom to make things complicated. Isn't that true? Like, it does not take wisdom to make things complicated. And I would say there's a whole lot of spirit of stupid that we slap onto Christianity to try to make it, I don't know what, but it sure does get complicated, doesn't it? And, and, the, and the apostle here is saying to us, listen, we preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit, I love this, of profound common sense so we can bring each person to maturity. Now, what is the common sense? Christ. What do we have in common? Christ. We're preaching from this basic, beautiful, profoundly simple, elegant, yet most powerful thing. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we want to bring each person into maturity. To be mature is to be basic. To be mature is to understand the simplicity of what God has done for us and now in us and then through us. Are you guys seeing this? Christ, no more, no less. Didn't it sound like I was like taking his name in vain for a minute there? I was like talking and then, Christ, no more, <laughs> no less. I had to do it again because I'm preaching and I can get away with that. That's what I'm working so hard at, day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. These are beautiful words for us, by the way. Day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. He's saying, look, I've been working, and I've been working, I've been working, I'm going to keep working with joy, because the thing that needs to happen in each of us is that Christ would be formed in each of us, and that we wouldn't try to add to that, we wouldn't try to complicate that, we wouldn't try to make it more than it's supposed to be, because it's already everything. Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing. And when we lose sight of that, when we lose sight of that, everything just starts to slide, doesn't it? When we lose sight of that, everything gets heavy. 
When we lose sight of that, we, 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 you know what we do? We kind of add things. And, and you know, the master of adding things is the devil. He's so, he's so brilliant. I don't remember if I preached it or not, but I was talking about some of the schemes of the enemy. It says we're not unaware of the schemes of the enemy. And he really is brilliant. He's been, a long, he's, been a, he's been alive for a long time, and he's watched a lot of people, many of them much smarter than us. Okay? I feel like I hurt your feelings. So at any rate, he, he, really, he really has. And, and so he's tricky, and he uses, he uses good tricks, guys. But it says that we're not to be unaware of his tricks. We're not unaware of his schemes. And I'll tell you, one of the, one of the schemes that he really likes to use is to add something to the gospel. How many of you guys have read the Screw Tape Letters? I love that book. It's one of my favorite books. And, um, and the premise of the book, if you're, not, if you're not aware of what it is, is it's, it's actually written from the perspective of a senior uh, demon writing to his nephew, who's a young demon in training, and they're in the service of Satan whom they call their own father in this. And so he's writing them letters on what the best way is to defeat us. And, and if you haven't read it, I really encourage you to read it. You will, it, it, it sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? But it's so encouraging because you're reading through this and you're like, I kid you not, I have fallen for every one of these tricks at one time or another. So I encourage you, if you haven't read it, read it. But in one, in one place, he's speaking to <coughs> to Wormwood, his, his nephew, and he says, he says, and, and what, what's happened, he calls them their, uh, I, th- I believe it's their patient. So he says, okay, so your patient has become a Christian. So in the book, the person that Wormwood is, is working on trying to get tricked into hell um, has become a Christian. He's like, oh, and he goes, all right, well, you can't, you can't change that. It's too late. They've already become a Christian. However, he says, however, what can be significant in absolutely neutralizing this Christian being of any help in our enemy's kingdom, speaking of the Lord, is to get him to believe in Jesus and something. Jesus and the environment. Jesus and capitalism. Jesus and anti-war. Jesus and feminism. Jesus and anything will do. Because what happens is, the minute that we add the and, everything that's going on now has to go through that very narrow lens and definition. Do you see that? And suddenly Christ gets complicated by many other things. By the way, all of them good things. But if we add Jesus and something else and make that the message, we neutralize the message. Because the message suddenly becomes as narrow as that one facet of stewardship, even if it's a good thing. Are you guys seeing that? And how many of us, we end up doing that? We complicate this life by taking one facet, and by the way, these are all good things. How many of you guys know that God cares quite deeply about women's rights? He cares very deeply. Christ came to redeem all of us, right? And part of the curse was how women were treated for all of time. And we've been set free. Thank you, Jesus. It's a good Mother's Day, isn't it? Hallelujah. But when we take one of the many things that Christ has done and we make that and this, Christ and this, now suddenly we've made it more narrow than it is. Are you with me? I, I'm, okay, you guys, are, you guys are catching that, right? Okay. 
It's, it's incredible how quickly we really can complicate what God has actually asked us to do. And that is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So coming back to Jesus, I want to come back to Jesus. I want to talk about how we get to do this. And, and, and let, me, let, me, uh, let, me read, let me read a little further. So this is previous in Colossians. Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you. Asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. I love this, that our spirits would be attuned to his will and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. As I'm learning more and more what he's like, suddenly I'm able to do what he does the way that he does it. It goes on. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us that we would understand how he works so that we would know how to work. That we would understand what he's like so that we would know why we're what we're like. Are you guys catching this? So what does this look like in real time? Let let uh, Let me bring this up. I think one of the places where where we complicate it, in fact, I think I even complicated it a little bit right now in my own in my own preach. Because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we don't want to complicate it with anything else. And what happens is, when we misunderstand the simplicity of how the kingdom works, that I'm actually carrying Christ into every situation that I'm in, when I don't understand that, what happens, I believe, is that oftentimes we actually end up devaluing the very thing that Christ is valuing. And we don't pay attention to this profound powerful thing that would happen if I realized that the, that the fullness of the mystery that has been kept for hidden, that has been kept hidden for ages and generations is that Christ wants to come into every situation and be present in every person that would choose him back. He's already chosen us, but he, we got to choose him back. So Christ actually wants to be present in every single one person. Do you, do you see that? Now, we as Americans have some really great problems of success. We're huge dreamers, right? Anything's possible, land of opportunity. Like, just think of a better plan, right? We do big things, we do them well. That's all really good stuff. But I think that in this area, one of the, one of the things that neutralizes us in being consistently fruitful, working well in his orchard, is that we forget that Christ is in us an individual, and that Christ wants to be in everyone one by one by one by one by one. He wants to be present in each person. Do you see that? When we think big picture, we think God wants to be in all, and you're like, that sounds really good. And then your application is like, I gotta figure out a way 
for the kingdom to be in all. All right, what's your strategy for that? It immediately shuts down, doesn't it? It's like, well, we got to, okay, let's think, uh, let's think government then. Let's go federal. Ooh, let's think media. Let's go, let's go a million miles wide and half an inch deep. Let's, let's think, and, 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 and what happens? Essentially what happens is it completely neutralizes the reality of the kingdom, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And, when, and if Christ is in me and I come near you, now where's Christ? He's near you. Why? Because he's in me. What is, the, what is the message of the gospel? That Jesus Christ came down and was among us. Christ is in you now. What happens when you go near someone? Christ is near that person. You, this is so simple. <laughs> this is so simple that we miss this. This is so simple that we think it's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than that. It can't possibly be as simple as that God's plan is that the two billion people that have him in them would go be near five other people. God's plan is that the two billion people who already confess Christ, Christ is in them, that each one of those would notice and be near five other people. How many, are you guys getting this? <laughs> See, Christ is actually in you. And so what that means is when you're in Safeway, Christ is in Safeway. When, when you're in the room with your child and you're like, God, I pray that my child would know you and what you're like and what your ways are. And your kid's like, Mom, you're like, shut up, I'm praying. <laughs> there may be another way to do that. Do you see that? God, that your, that your children would understand what the fruits of the Spirit are like. Turn down that music. We have Christ present in us. It means that you're in a much more influential, powerful place than you first thought. You see, wherever you are right now, in your position of influence and responsibility, Christ has an opportunity to be preeminent in that space because he's in you. And so what you're responsible for right now, the area where you have actual influence and responsibility, Christ reigns in that place, if indeed Christ reigns in you and you will make your space his space. So what does that look like? How does that actually work? Well, let me share, let me share a couple of stories and hopefully it'll help put some meat on these bones. But you guys are, you guys are hearing this, right? So you have Christ in you and you're able to tap into, like, like, like Steve was saying, right? That we would hear, Jesus, what are you doing right now? Jesus, what do you want to say right now? Jesus, what do you want to say? Who do you want to say it to right now? Lord, there's four people near me. This place is rotten with opportunity, God. It's just ripe for your kingdom. What do you want to say? What do you want to do? Because I'm filled with the best secret, the mystery that was kept hidden for ages and generations. Christ is in me. 
Well, let me start out with a, a simple story. I was, I was uh, near someone. I was near someone. And I got this picture in my mind's eye. It wasn't even, I can't even really say I saw that picture, although that's uh, language we use a lot. It's like, I saw a picture. But oftentimes for me, when I say I saw a picture, I didn't like see a picture. I saw it in my mind's eye. It's like, and I, and I saw this little girl, and she was in this field. It was a big field, and she was wearing a, a white and red polka dot dress, and she was just twirling. I just saw, I just saw that in my mind's eye, like, like I was remembering something that I had actually seen. And, and I went, that's interesting. And I said to this girl, I said, hey, I just got this picture, and I, and I saw a little girl, and because and, I had this impression, like Jesus was like, tell, tell this girl that picture you just thought of, that you just saw. And so I just said, hey, um, I just saw this picture of a little girl, and she's twirling in a, in, a, in a field, and she's wearing a red and white polka dot dress. And the girl looked at me, and she goes, and she just starts weeping, and she said, She said, that's me. And I said, really? And she goes, yeah. She said, that's the last time I ever remember being glad that I was born a girl. And, and I got to pray with her, and God healed something in her heart. Isn't that beautiful? Why don't we praise Jesus? Jesus thought of that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you do. You see, God wanted that girl that girl, God wanted that girl to know that he was glad that she was born a girl, that he born her as a girl. That was his plan for her. He said, I want you to represent my mother heart. I want you to represent what it is to be made in my image. And I made you female in my image, and I love how I made you. And something healed inside of her. And what was my part in that? Simply that Jesus just popped a little thought into my head and I was near her, I had Christ in me, the hope of glory, and so then Christ was near her, and Christ was looking at her, and, and he's like, oh, I love this girl. Joshua, polka dot dress in a field spinning. Joshua, polka dot dress. Lord, that's the dumbest thing. That's dumb, and plus that's, she's gonna think I'm weird. He's like, she already does. It's that simple though. It's just allowing for the fact that, first of all, you and I have to value that Christ is in us. Because if we don't understand that, then we don't understand the value of what happens when we get near others. And what we'll do is we'll, we're waiting for that moment. We need a crusade. We need, if we could gather 10,000 people and Joshua Rivas could present the gospel, then things would happen. No. Well, a couple things might happen. I mean, but the point is, that's not God's A game. That's God's B game. His A game is that he's in you. And you have way more access to those that you're near to in your area of influence and responsibility and being present than I do. And them hearing me preach a, the story of the gospel is of some value. But what's even more important is Christ who is the gospel in you, near them, and you just say, I'm here and I see you. Christ has certainly come near you today. Do you see that? And you begin to value the fact that this is how God extends the kingdom because the kingdom is inside of you. 
And many of us are missing those opportunities because we're looking, we're looking at all instead of one. Can you receive that? Let me share another story that's not as elegant. So I, I was in school. <laughs> Some of you, that right there is just a revelation. So I was in school, and there was this young man, and uh, he was not super popular, and he did not particularly smell very good, and I'll just tell you right now that kids are mean, and I was one of them. And, and this kid, we would all tease each other like we do in school and such, and this, so we're running around, I think we're playing soccer, and uh, I don't remember, I think I might have been, it doesn't really matter, but the point was, we're in school, he's, he's uh, we're playing soccer, and I decide, like, I'm going to pants this kid. For those of you that are young, there were so many things we used to do that now, apparently, you'd go to jail for. It's probably better times now, but nonetheless... So I'm like, I'm going to pants this kid. We're in the same class. And so he's, he's running, and I'm running behind him, and I come, you know, step it up a little bit more to get to him, and I grab his pants, and I trip, and I yank his pants down, and I fall into him cheek to cheek <laughs> and slide down. You guys, how many of you seen Hello, Polly? Remember when they're playing basketball, you know, and he, anyway. And so I'm like, get up. And I'm like, ah! And uh, everybody's laughing, not at him, not at him. And, um, and he's not wearing any ruse. And so full on, bare cheek to bare cheek. And, and so anyway, he doesn't have any ruse on, and so he's like, everybody's just totally laughing at me because that happened. And, um, and so then I, of course, had to defend myself. I'm like, he's not even wearing any ruse. And they're like, yeah, that's weird, whatever. And so we go back to class. The next day... It's after recess, we're all in the bathroom using the restroom, and I'm standing at the urinal, and this kid comes up, and he's standing next to me, and I had teased him pretty ruthlessly, because I was embarrassed about what I had done about not having any ruse, and he's like, dude, I got on, check it out, man, I got ruse, right? We didn't even call them ruse, I call them ruse now, because I think it's funny. But anyway, dude, I'm wearing underwear, and I'm like, okay, like you're reporting underwear wearing to me. And, and, and so he, he leaves, well the next day, I mean, we all go to school together, so the next day we're again at the urinal. He comes up again. He's like, dude, I'm wearing underwear. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, but I notice they're the exact same pair of underwear. And I notice for the rest of the week, it's always the same pair of underwear. And Jesus, who I'm pretty sure actually tripped me initially, <laughs> says to me, Joshua Revis, that boy only, only owns one pair of underwear. And he chastised me. Like, you're kicking a man when he's down. And, and the Lord put that boy on my heart. He said, you make friends with him. You make friends with him. This guy owns one pair of underwear. Like, and everybody was mean to him. I mean, you guys know how, I mean, kids are mean. And, and so I began to befriend this kid. Not because he was the coolest kid, not because he smelled particularly well, not because he had a glorious collection of underwear but because Christ is in me, and Christ, after tripping me, confronted me, right, which he chastises those that he loves. But he did, he chastised me, and he said, you need to love this guy. You need to love this guy, and so I did, and I'd invite him over, and he'd come and play, and I would not let other people bug him anymore, and I included him, because I had been, because I was, first of all, in sin, by the way, right? I mean, I just was, and so I repented, and I befriended this guy. Then you know what? It changed things for him because Christ was in me. Now, Christ had to give me a spanking and a hug first. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was a crazy spanking, but it worked. It's like a reverse, like the most humiliating spanking of all time. But what happened? God was asking me to influence this young man by seeing him and letting Christ be present in me. I share that story because it's humiliating. But I, I actually, to tell you the truth, I was praying about this. I'm like, Lord, give me some stories. He's like, why don't you tell this story? I kid you not. I forgot about this story. I'm like, are, are you kidding me right now? Here's why he asked me to tell it. Because it's a terrible story that started out completely wrong. And then Christ in me said, okay, but I can redeem even this. I want you to see this guy. And you know what? It was a, it was a life-changing event for that kid. It was a life-changing event for that kid. Every one of us, every one of us is present with someone and Christ is in you and he wants you to see them. Listen for his voice. Listen for his voice. And if you're gonna pants somebody, don't. <laughs> don't. Jesus will trip you. Get up, let's pray. Father in heaven, we wanna thank you so much that you are in us. We we want to thank you that you're in us. Lord, even today, God, may we revel in the amazing reality, Lord, that was kept hidden for ages and generations and prophets. They wanted to be where we are. They wanted to see this day. They looked out and saw it coming, but they, they couldn't wait to be a part of it. The angels were waiting to see God glorified as Christ was in us, the hope of glory. And Lord, may we have eyes to see. And may we, Lord, not add to it. May we be present with you and see those, Lord, today and every day that you, God, that you see and that you want to be present with. And may we respond to that, Lord. Be it in word, be it in deed, be it at the dinner table, the workplace, whatever it is, Father, we just say yes. Yes, Lord. I want to hear from you and I want to do what you're doing. Do you guys agree with that? Then let's say amen. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. The, the uh, team is coming.